0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the CoinPress Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today, I am joined, joined by Joe Walker. Welcome, Joe.
1: Hello, Luke. Uh, nice to be on the podcast.
0: Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, so yeah, I, we have you on today because of your recent proposals that you sent out for uh, stablecoin and um, a related set of uh, financial instruments <laughs> for, uh, for mm-hmm. coinos. Um So yeah, I've read through your articles. I think a lot of people listening have. Um, But just to uh, give a little bit of background before we dive into all of that, um, you mentioned in one of your articles that you have a background in economics. I'm curious uh, if you can share a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So um, I studied economics at the university not, not really to brag, but um, I uh, finished my degree uh, roughly two years ago, and ever since then I've been working in, in finance, first in a major bank and now uh, at a brokerage firm.
0: Wonderful. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. I'm glad that we have we're, we're attracting people like you who who understand uh, economics and all that. So, uh, yeah. So I'm curious what i mean <laughs> obviously a lot of us are i mean if you're here you're attracted to coinos but what in particular caught your eye about the project
1: um well at, at first it wasn't really the the economics part of it or the um like I, I was actually inspired to look deeper into it by the the episode you did with uh, coinos the goat mm-hmm. about a coin and the fact that it's actually a a really good store of value actually the, the ultimate store of value um and the fact that mana has this has these really cool properties um but several months before it i, I stumbled across a reddit post and in the title it said uh, no hard forks no fees mm-hmm. and i was really intrigued by that um, especially the, the the point about no hard forks i don't really know why because i'm i'm not a developer um i know how to program like a bit but i haven't written any smart uh, contracts for instance but at at the time i i was looking into some other projects and especially uh, cardano and there was uh, all this thing going on about a hard fork and how it was really um painful to go through the process of hard forks gotcha. um, so i was intrigued uh, with that part and like the, the modular upgradability uh, once i was going through that it, it's it's basically awesome to, to see how a blockchain can become whatever you want it to become it, it sounds a bit cliche to to say it but uh, in, in a way it can grow very organically, you can cut off uh, dead branches of the tree at any point in time and you can just uh, hit the reset button or you can just uh, retrace your steps and and then work from there um, especially with uh, to compare it with ethereum for instance, now I feel if ethereum is in uh, a phase in the development where they have to go forward they're they're going through some sort of swamp and every step that they take they they know like uh, or or they feel we're not heading in in exactly the right direction but uh with with proof of work and eth 2.0 um and with the, the, the gas fee model it, it's uh, it's impossible for them or Nearly impossible for them to uh, to um, to retrace their steps uh, at that point. So so they have to go through with with uh, their development in that direction. Um, so, so that's what really intrigued me: modular upgradability, the fact that there were no fees. Yeah. Um, that was around July last year, and uh, f- the the few months after that, I just. Uh, said on the sideline, I just uh, um, watched uh, the Discord chat. I um, followed Coinos Network on Twitter, and uh, like I said, after the episode with Coinos the Goat, I got thinking about mana, about the properties, and that's when I, I came up with with I had several ideas in my head, and um, a, a few weeks ago. I, I had a bit a burst of inspiration, let's say, and I wrote down the the uh the first article about Emporia. Um actually it, it was meant to, to be published together with the second article, but um I felt that maybe it was a bit too heavy um and, and there would be too many new concepts at once, so that's why I, I split them up.
0: Nice. Yeah, well, I mean obviously we all love the proposals. Uh, the I, I'm actually really glad that you split them up because it gave room for a discussion to come up about Emporia, and then the uh, the second article seemed like a revelation on top of that. So really cool. I appreciate the way you structured that. Um, Thanks. But yeah, no. The I completely agree. I think the modular operability is definitely the the killer feature about Koinos. Um we all love Felis. I think that that's going to uh, attract a lot of people with the mana system and providing free experiences on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that system that allows for evolution uh, that will help Koinos in the long-term. So regardless of whether everything is right <laughs> at mm-hmm. main launch, we're going to be able to adapt a lot quicker and be more agile than any other project out there. So it's exciting. Cool. Um, yeah, so so let's jump right in, talk about the uh, the papers that you put out. So you proposed a, a dollar-pegged stablecoin called Emporia, um, mm-hmm. as well as two other instruments, Mana Bonds and S-Coin. Uh, so let's start there. I'm wondering if you could give, just in your own words, An overview of what are mana bonds
1: sure well mana bonds they're they're just um uh, let's say a standardized way a a format uh, to trade mana on on the open market so uh, you can delegate mana to, to another person but um most of the times, you would want to to limit their usage of mana, or you you just have some spare coin tokens um, that you you'd like to keep or uh, uh, you'd like to hold on to them, but you um, don't you don't need the mana at the moment, so you decide to uh, to sell it to someone who might be in need of mana. So it's basically uh, some sort of uh, standardized way to to trade it and m- mana bonds well um you can decide you can decide uh, how long you want to delegate that mana to uh to that specific person so you can uh, delegate it for a week for a month for two months um doesn't matter and of course uh on the open market uh, there would some uh, there would be some price interaction and spontaneously the the market would come to an agreement and each mana bond would be uh, priced differently gotcha
0: Um, yeah and then for anybody who's listening who's not aware the the ability to delegate mana from your coin has always been part of um, of the coinos system uh but that idea of, you know, selling your your mana or having a, uh, a token that represents that delegation uh, is something that we kind of uh, hypothesized about in chat for a long time. Um, but the mana bond concept is like it's a very natural evolution on that idea. It enables. An exchange of mana where you can have an open market that, you know, depending on supply of people who want to sell their mana and people who want to buy mana, it's an easy way to represent that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, now, okay, before we move on to S we, um, we've talked a little bit as well, uh, in chat about how we don't want like selling mana <laughs> to be the only way to get mana, right? Mm-hmm. If, if people are coming to the project um, and looking to get involved and you need some mana to do something, especially at the beginning of things, we want to make it easy and free for people to get involved. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're not already involved, you're not already a coin holder, uh, just be aware that there are people who are, standing at the sidelines, ready to, uh, to delegate some mana for whatever it is you have planned. Um, cool. All right. So, so moving on S coin, uh, so S stands for stable, but this is not like a, mm-hmm. like a dollar pegged stable coin, um, as you might be thinking of. Um, so I'm curious if you could go into what is S coin.
1: Yeah. Well, Scoin um, would be a more stable version of the coin token. Um, perhaps it makes more sense if, if I could explain my um, how I see the, the financial system as a whole. Um, so, of course, in a financial system, um, people want to spread their value across different uh, classes and uh, um, they w- would hold cash, or they w- have investments, and and I was thinking like, what are the minimum amount of of tokens or different classes that you would need um, for a system to be stable? And I, in my opinion, um, you need to have three of them. So the first would be cash, like the the equivalent of having dollars in your, uh, in, your wall, in your wallet in your wallet um second you would have your savings account which is money that you don't need at the moment but you don't want to you don't want it to lose value you just want it to to keep it apart for some time several months or several years without losing value so having a steady growth of uh roughly equal to the to the economic growth let's say um and thirdly you would have your investment portfolio that's like uh, assets that you lock up for longer time periods um with the the expectation for it to outperform the economic growth in the short term or to have more more volatility so um those are the three classes um emporia would be like cash like the first uh, class um Scoin would be uh, somewhat like a savings account, but with the added benefit that it is linked to the coin token and that it would return a a similar yield for investors and speculators. And in that way, um, it would be a very safe investment for new people coming into the space or also for people who are currently holding coin as an investment token, because that's how I see coin at the moment as a token which has uh, a lot of value, but also a lot of speculative value at the moment. Um, so that, that's why I think as coin um, has to to yield uh, has to return has to give a similar yield. Um, yes that that's that was the plan for ascoin and um actually the the concept of mana bonds it at first when i when i thought of it it was just a means to an end because um well as i explained in the uh, second article um if you have the the prices of different mana bonds with different maturity dates you will you will see that as the maturity date becomes longer and longer the uh, average price of uh, the average price of the the mana and the bond decreases so in, in this way you get a utility curve um, and by by calculating that or reconstructing that utility curve you can actually approximate the fair value of uh, of the coin token in, in case that in case that uh, some people they they might not have read the article yet, so I would really encourage them to look at the graphs in the article. But this is um, this is pretty yeah. common, like microeconomics 101, on on how to uh, to uh, get a utility curve of uh, a good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it's really. The the S coin kind of tracks the mana bond market. Is, is that fair to say?
1: Well that that was my uh, that was my intention at first. Like the, the main thing for the the S coin token, it it should be to uh, to be a more stable version of the coin token. That that should be its first. Uh, that should be its only legal to be a more stable version so um, speculators holding the coin token that they w- would free up this token that they would uh, sell it but um, after they've sold the, the coin token that they wouldn't be stuck with some some stable coin or with with maybe another asset which is volatile and which might not uh, have a good return so it, that's why i think it's uh it's fundamental for them to to have this alternative uh, this s coin token which in the long term uh yields the same results which is stable which trends up slowly but ultimately ultimately it uh, converges with with the actual coin price and um to me um well well with with this economics background, I thought that mana is is actually the uh, the way to do it. So so with tracking the mana price of of the mana bonds, um, you get uh, you can get a pretty accurate measure of of the fair value of the coin token. So without the speculative value. Um, but this this of, this of course is, it's only true when the the mana market is behaving rationally when the, there are uh, when there are almost no frictions for instance um so so that that is actually one of the main concerns which was raised by the community so the fact that the mana bond market might not be very liquid um so, so people For instance, now at at this point, I imagine that a lot of speculators, they're very willing to to sell their mana on the open market, but that not many people are willing to buy it um, at at this point. And there's also, like you said or or alluded to, um, there's there's basically no point in, in coming to the in coming to the network if you have if you have to buy mana indefinitely so if 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 you're here and you're here to stay you want to acquire the coin token Um, if you're a developer it's pretty obvious but also if you're just um, if you're just a a retail person and and you want to uh, you want to to spend a little bit of mana it's also very useful to have uh, some coin at, at hand not massive amounts of course but um it would be pretty nice if you you have some coin uh, as a retail person um so that's why um well on on the the coinos forum we've had a bit of discussion about whether or not this mana bond market it's going to work um in theory it works so um I, I'm pretty convinced about this. And in theory, it works, but I like last week, I was thinking about this quote. Um, the ugly truth of science is like the the slaying of a beautiful theory by an ugly fact. And in, in this case, the, the ugly fact is that mana bonds won't be in very high demand. Um, and We'll we'll have to find like a way to um, to make people actually sell the bond. Um, some uh, like one possible way, one way that it could work, is um, if like when you buy a long-term bond, let's say uh, three, six, or twelve months, that you as a buyer of the bond would also purchase the like we would have the option at the end of the, the maturity date to uh, purchase the underlying coin token so that would maybe be one way uh, to do it to to increase the demand for uh, for the mana bonds but um, in, in this way there, there's uh, you will increase the speculative value of the bonds. You will inflate the, the price of the market, um, which in turn yeah, nullifies the the objective. Because the goal is to get uh, the goal is to get reliable data from the mana bond market to use it as a target for the the s coin token. Um, so in theory, it works. But I'm still working on it, uh, still seeing if there's some way we could make it work in practice. But um, for now, I think uh, like uh, it's only like yesterday that I came up with uh, with a second idea with an alternative, and that's basically like a rebase uh, version of it. Um, I- I've published like uh, a third article um I haven't shared the link uh, on twitter but i will do it after the uh, podcast is recorded okay. um it's just some rough idea for now just a draft about like um how you can how we can construct a rebase token which trends up slowly and 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 follows the price of coin but uh, which is also in, in a very moderate way so so um I think this has a lot of potential um and and i'll uh, i'll write a third article to to explain how it actually works um but if people want to they can look at the the article already
0: cool um yeah and i'll put a link to both of the uh the two original articles and the, mm-hmm. the third draft that you're putting out in the uh, in the podcast description um so yeah the Thinking about the, the Mana Bonds, I like what you said about uh, being able to, at the end of the, the Mana Bond period, mm-hmm. being able to buy the underlying coin um, for a discounted rate. Uh, mm-hmm. So you're basically, it's kind of like a rent to own <laughs> way to get into coin, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: which, makes
1: the,
0: which makes the prospect of buying Mana Bonds a little bit more attractive because it's not just renting; it's renting with opportunity at the end, um, so it doesn't feel like wasted money. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be attractive.
1: Yes, but but in turn, it will also drive up the the prices of the bonds uh, so, themselves because uh, the the holders of coin tokens they will anticipate uh, this, um, so so they would. This, this would in turn increase the, the speculative value um i think it, it could work but um of course we have, we have to realize that the s coin token um like people would would put so much value into it it, it would be um, it would represent such such a big amount of of value we we have to be absolutely sure, we, we have to be rock solid that, that this actually holds that the the S coin price or, or the way that we derive the price that it, it's rock solid because of course we, we have the uh, like uh, the consequences can be huge. Uh, there there have been DeFi projects. Where uh, people have lost hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets in a matter of uh, hours or minutes, even so, um, we have to be absolutely sure that that the data is reliable, that the data of the mana bond market isn't inflated, that it isn't skewed, um, so that people can have absolute trust in it, and like also newcomers, but mainly people who hold the the coin token so so yeah. the speculators that they have that are absolutely convinced that the S coin token is valuable um, I, i'm still uh, i'm still working on a way to to make it work but for now um i think in, in my opinion that the second uh, the second idea that i proposed is the the most viable it is a bit more mainstream um i think so sure. so uh, w- with a rebase system which has a, a price target this this has been uh, tested in, in in the past by ampleforth um it it was mentioned a few times in the, the discord uh, chat um ampleforth and how it works but but um i think that the the way to go like the way to design tokens um, on the coiners blockchain that like rebasing or having a rebase system that is going to work very well because sure. of mana as an opportunity cost um, if you want to if you want to um, create a derivative token on ethereum for instance or any any blockchain with which has gas fees then you often have to introduce a secondary token uh, which acts as a seniorage token so you have to burn that token in order to um, in order to ensure the the value of, of the the actual derivative that you're creating but um, mana has this very cool property that it's an opportunity cost and so we can use that mana to um, to uh, to fuel the rebase event. So that mana is used to uh, to make the rebase happen, which is the main concept behind Emporia, but also uh, behind uh, like uh, S coin So in this way, you can very cheaply have a. Uh, a reliable reliable derivative token. Yeah,
0: and that is that is the power of mana. <laughs> right? That makes it yeah. really really nice that we don't have to uh pay massive fees to perform a rebase or or anything else. It's all um it can run on a periodic basis without ever depleting the uh the coin balance that runs that process. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I do want to hit one thing that you said there where we need to get this right uh, out of the gate so people don't um, you know, lose money on this. And I agree mm-hmm. that we, we don't want to cheat anybody out of money or, you know, uh, accidentally put something out that makes people lose money in any way. But the the nice thing about software and with Qantas in particular, um, we... We don't have to get everything right initially because we can upgrade. Mm-hmm. So we take the best theory that we have, build whatever system of assets, Emporia, Scoin, Mana Bonds, and if that gets refined over time, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a theory. So we get some early adoption, we validate that the, the numbers look correct. And then uh, if things seem to be progressing, we ramp up usage. Um, or we upgrade it and, and change out the system. So it's not like a a do-or-die mm-hmm. the, the consequences are we have to do more work, not necessarily that everybody loses their money. So we can can build a system that is uh safe to use, but would still come with some risks for early adopters until we've proven mm-hmm. right.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Um all right, so the so we talked about Emporia, we, we kind of danced around it, but uh basically it's a dollar pegged stable coin. Um similar to what you see with um USDT tether uh, and USDC, etc. And uh the the idea in the initial article that you put out was i forget exactly the term you used, but it was a fractional rebase or fractional reserve yes
1: Yeah. fractional rebase system yep.
0: fractional rebase um and that was a it was an interesting concept that we we went back and forth on in the chat uh basically the idea is that <laughs> you use the the analogy of a museum where Yes um <laughs> you'll probably, i'm gonna butcher this uh <laughs> if you're if you're coming into the museum or in other words buying emporia um you're issued a like a secret number that's not your balance of emporia
1: well um if if i may, may interrupt okay, because I, I i know um at the time when when i came up with the analogy i i was somewhat proud of it like it would explain uh, it would clarify it's uh, the, the article but now i see that it, it caused a lot of uh, confusion so the um, the main idea like uh, the main point of the illustration is um if you have uh, you have a change in demand, so this is basically people who want to get in and out of the building. Like you don't know how big the change of demand is going to be um, at a certain point in time, or uh, within, within five minutes or ten minutes. But a way that you can regulate the, the people inside the building, so this is the price stability. A way that you can that you can control it is by keeping track of what what was the difference between what was the difference during the last five minutes so um, if for the last five minutes more people went in than went out uh, you will uh, you will allow people who enter the building to um, to remain there not as long so, sure. so it, it's basically gradually adapting Um, yeah I I know it's hard to to, to explain but (laughs) um, like two days ago I came up with a better analogy so if you'll allow me I'll I'll explain it this way Um, like every every stable coin has a balance sheet Uh, you could say that on, on the left hand side there's the supply and on the right there's the demand the supply is um, how many coins that that you uh, issue, and the demand is basically the tokens in circulation time the price and f- to to have a dollar packed stable coin or or to to have like a uh, a coin which is packed to to any number uh, it can be one it can be twenty doesn't matter um to keep it packed you have to um you have to make sure that there's there's a balance between the two sides how do, do uh, stable coins achieve this well there are different types of stable coins um first of all there's the the, the tokens like the coins which are backed one on one for instance um well supposedly there's tether. um uh like uh, true usd uh pax like and you know that or, or in theory at least there for every token in circulation there's $1 backing it um which are like the, the collateralized uh, uh stable coins then right. you have the over stable coins um for instance dai which are backed more than 100 percent so they, they are backed like uh, with eth but the total value of the eth is like a uh, 150 or 170 percent. so you, you can see that one side of the balance sheet is much bigger than the other in, in that case sure um and then there's also um i'm just going through my notes a bit then there's also um like algorithmic stable coins and they most of the times they rely in a way to uh, they rely on a secondary token to mint and burn the stable coin token and in this way when the demand changes so uh, the token is traded on the open market one side of the balance sheet uh, sheet changes and like there, there's an, an algorithmic way that the, uh, the the secondary token it gets uh, burned or, or whatever, and um, then new stablecoin tokens are minted or burned. and in this way, the, the the second half of the balance sheet expands or contracts to guarantee this one-on-one uh, equation of the balance sheet. With uh, rebase tokens, it works a bit differently because, um, like the tokens that we've discussed up until now, they rely on influencing the price. So they they try to influence the the left-hand side of the balance sheet, while rebase tokens, they are going to affect the supply of the token and and that is by uh, controlling or influencing the other half of the balance sheet right um in in a, a global rebase system like all tokens or or all uh, or, all wallets are affected at once so um if you see for instance that the demand for a token it increases by quite a lot and for instance, the the price of the stablecoin it jumps from one dollar to one dollar twenty, and and one half of the of the um, one half of the balance sheet it, it increases. When then the rebase system, when the rebase happens, it will automatically adjust the uh, supply. It will automatically adjust the amount of tokens in every wallet, so that again the two halves of the balance sheet they are. Uh, Uh, they have a one-to-one ratio. Right. And the way that a fractional rebate system works is that rather than, um, rather than adjusting this right side of the balance sheet, rather than adjusting it once every 24 hours or once every two hours or every five minutes, for instance, it gradually increases and expands that, uh, side so so it gradually increases or decreases the supply side of the of the balance sheet of the stable coin i don't know if that makes it a bit clearer to you
0: no that makes sense um so basically with a rebase um if i have ten dollars worth of a coin um mm-hmm. If you do a rebase and the price is low, you're going to give me more, but the value of what I have is going to be the same. So I might have 12
1: coins. Exactly. So it, in, in a rebase system, the changes, they are uh, applied proportionally. So it, it means that, that all wallets or, or all tokens are affected the same way. Um, so you end up with exact the same uh, proportional value as the other token holders. Sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an odd experience from the token holders' yes. perspective. Um, mm-hmm. If I have ten dollars, I'd like to see ten coins, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, but but, but this is um, this is why I proposed the 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 fractional or or the gradual. Um, element of, of uh, Emporia because between rebase events there's room for speculative uh, fluctuation of the token so between rebases if a token it, it, let's say just the rebase happened like uh, five minutes ago the uh, the token the, the price of the token increases by 20% uh, in the meantime if I sell my tokens I make a profit of 20% sure okay but, but because uh because well actually only at the, the the rebase that that's coming up that that speculative value will be rebased away i don't know if if that's an actual verb but um in in, in between rebases there's uh there's a room for speculative uh, fluctuation of the price
0: right right if i can buy 100 coins at you know 50 cents and i know it's going to go up in value to a dollar in a minute then that's mm-hmm. a big deal.
1: so yeah so like if you um if you have let's say you have 10 tokens each of them is worth one dollar um and in like between rebases the the price of the token it goes to one dollar uh, 20 so actually you have 12 dollars dollars but then the rebase happens and after the rebase, you only have, let's say, eight tokens, which are worth one dollar twenty. So, so roughly, sure. roughly speaking, so you end up with uh, exact value like ten dollars, the same ten dollars that you had the previous rebase. But in between those uh, two moments, the the value of your uh, wallet or the value of the tokens. Uh, like the total value that you have it can fluctuate which is a a weird experience which is uh, quite uh, maybe a bit bit frustrating if you don't understand uh, how it works Um, and which is actually why the system like a global rebate system why it's actually not well suited um, to to have a currency because you want the currency to have like a a, a, a constant value at all times um so the the only way to to guarantee that your your uh, stable coin token will be worth exactly one dollar is by having the rebase like after every after every transaction with another uh currency so like like not transferring tokens not transferring tokens like a emporia from one user to to another emporia holder but if i exchange uh, emporia for eth well in in that case you need the rebase to, to happen automatically uh, because otherwise the the demand changes uh, the the price changes and you get this, this speculative value so that's yeah. mainly one of the the reasons why um why i proposed this uh, this gradual uh, rebase um of course that would be the ideal scenario like like having a rebase after every transaction with an outside token that would be the ideal scenario um but and and this is maybe where you uh, as a developer can can correct my thinking um i think that's not the best option because of the the mana cost um because i I imagine that it would be quite costly and it's also related to the growth of the emporia token like for instance um, if a rebase happens you you have to access all wallets and you have to recalculate the amount of tokens in every single wallet. I imagine that that requires a lot more mana than, for instance, um, in uh, a, a gradual or a fractional rebase system, where you basically only affect where you only um, access your own wallet. Like, like for instance. Um, the, the hidden values that that I um, the hidden values that I used in the emporia article um, it, it's it's basically a way to store this this balance sheet yeah. uh, like like the the balance sheet that that I, I just described that every stable coin has um, with um, emporia that this was like a, a second new concept that, that I used but it's to tear up this balance sheet in several pieces and to store them separately Um, the only thing that matters in the end is whether or not the sum of all pieces adds up together and if you put all those pieces together and you have a one-on-one equation between the supply and the demand then everything fits it doesn't matter like how big my piece of the balance sheet is versus your piece in the end it, the only thing that matters is when all holders put their pieces back together do we get a one-on-one equation of both sides of the balance sheet and this balance sheet it can be uh, torn up into as much or as little pieces as uh, you want um you can have one centralized balance sheet which we uh regulate which which, which uh, we control the the uh, supply side of um you can have one central or we can like have 10 uh, 10 pieces spread across liquidity pools or every uh, every wallet every token holder can have his own little balance sheet or in the article i i uh, even went a step further so i i uh, broke up the balance sheet in as much pieces as there are tokens, which was a bit confusing, uh, I imagine, but uh, and and which is also not technically possible, um, like the discussion uh, said. But maybe you can do this at the the level of the wallet, so not the tokens, but of the the wallet. Um, And like every token holder, every holder of the Emporia token, would have for instance an nft in their wallet which which represents this piece of the balance sheet sure
0: yeah i mean i think there's any number of ways to to do this right Mm -hmm. you can give an nft to every wallet you could make it more hierarchical where every like uh pair on a on a dex would track its own kind of like balance sheet um if it includes Emporia in that pair, um, you you could technically issue an NFT instead of uh, a a, um, a fungible token and track it at the individual token level. But it would be it would be an odd experience the the way that would that would work because NFTs are not yes. taking mm-hmm. the basket. Um, so so yeah, I mean. We're talking about a lot of different solutions to problems, but I think the way I, I approach these these types of issues is to really boil down to what are the specific problems you're trying to solve, um, and then we can talk about a, a bunch of different solutions in that frame. We're, we're kind of dancing around the problems and talking about all the different possible solutions, um, but unless we can narrow down the the problems that we're trying to solve um it's difficult to say what the right solution is right because mm-hmm. if we know what the problem is then we can we can go crazy with brainstorming and coming up with very technically infeasible but theoretically correct solutions and then you know come up with a way to implement that that works within the constraints of the system um so, so, yeah, that's my general approach with software is really step out of solutioning and, and start to think about the problem itself. Um, and it sounds like for what we're we're dancing around here, the problem that you're trying to address with the uh the fractional rebase and the NFTs and all of this is um the really just smoothing out the rebase. So it's not a an all or nothing periodic, uh, you know, rebase that affects everybody globally, exactly, um, and that sort of thing. So I think that that's a, that's a good goal. Um, I would ask, is that really a problem? Like, if we, if we look at different solutions, and that is the simplest way to do it, then it might not be worth solving that problem and just living with the fact that it's a global rebase. Um, but, but I like the direction that you're heading with this. And I think that we need to explore it more. Um, I'm not sure what the right solution is. Cause I've, I've never developed a stable coin. Um, and I'm not familiar enough with the different ways to do so to say what the right way is or, or all that. Um, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think you're onto something. I just don't have the, the expertise in this specific, uh, Realm <laughs> to say what the right solution is.
1: Well, the the actual point was to create a pure medium of exchange. Like money, it, it has three different functions. It can be a medium of exchange, a store of value, or a unit of account. Sure. And. Um, like in in the the division that i i I said at the beginning um like there are there's cash there's savings account and there's like an investment portfolio um the uh, the way i see it is that that cash like cash in our wallet it's a pure medium of exchange you hold it and you are willing to take the opportunity cost like you know that it's going to uh, lose money over time Um, you know that you can invest it in in something better in in a stock for instance which will have more yield Um, but you're you're still willing to hold on to the cash because uh, you you might bump into something that you want to buy for instance Um, so, so that's what I intentioned I intentioned it to be a an electronic form of cash right. without for instance without the uh the inflation of course like like just the pure opportunity cost because the cost of 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 holding cash right now is um is the opportunity cost plus the inflation but let's let's imagine for instance that you have a cpi adjusted uh dollar in your in your wallet then it's purely the opportunity cost of holding the wallet and you don't have to worry about the the inflation so which is like the ultimate goal I imagined for Importa. In, in the article I talked about a dollar-packed stablecoin but in the end you can change the target mark from, from one dollar and you can set it uh, you can set that it evolves gradually over time and it, it is CPI adjusted. Sure. Like, like that That's the ultimate target but, but for now in, in the article I envisioned A dollar-packed stablecoin is like a pure medium of exchange that doesn't lose or accrue value over time. It's just the the value that you put in or the the value that you spent acquiring the token, you'll get that same value um, when you buy something with it. And there's zero speculative value to the token. Um, You don't gain anything to... Uh, to by holding the token, it's a pure medium of exchange, and that's like that's why I, I wanted to to explore this concept of mana because um, in if you build a token on a, a blockchain with gas fees, um, it's it's impossible to have a system like that because you have the gas fee so there there will be money seeping out of the system constantly so you can't guarantee that one-on-one equation of the the balance sheet um but with mana you can you can uh with mana so so by spending like a little bit of mana uh every transaction you can make that rebase happen and in the end it it doesn't really matter to me whether it's a global rebase or whether it's a a fractional rebase um i just think that we should have a system which um which has as little downside as possible as little volatility as possible and also in in imagine uh, an an important point that I, i want to make is that mana it's it's great it's awesome but it can also be like a double-edged sword. It Mm. can cut both ways because while we're all against the gas fees, but um, in a system with gas fees like Ethereum, the gas fees, they they cause volatility, but they also limit it to some extent because if you have a system with gas fees, um, there's... An, an additional barrier to taking an arbitrage opportunity. Sure. Um, if you, for instance, have a, a stable coin on, uh, on the coiners blockchain and it would deviate uh, only a slight bit of, of uh, its pack, there's basically nothing holding you back from taking that arbitrage opportunity. If the, the value of the, the token increases from $1 to one dollar and one cent um you only have to because man is an opportunity cost and it's no monetary cost like the, the barrier to take that trade to take that arbitrage opportunity is basically reduced to zero like the, there would still be an exchange fee of course mm-hmm. but in, in a system where you have an exchange fee and gas fees the barrier is a little bit higher uh, to to take that arbitrage opportunity, so that's why I I was uh, that's like like that's that's why I was thinking um, to create a, a system with as little volatility as possible, and and that's why that's why I ultimately decided to to have this weird system like to to hide the balance sheet in some way, uh, so. so so to, to not have any price deviation, but instead have this hidden balance sheet. Like the intention was if people can't act on this arbitrage opportunity, um, the problem is basically solved. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um we're we're just about out of time. But I I like <laughs> I like the direction that you're going with this. Um I, I'm gonna have to sit with that that idea of Stablecoins as a, uh, you said a pure medium of exchange, um, that that makes a lot of sense. It, it makes me think that if uh, if that's the goal, then maybe integrating the whatever solution uh, keeps the price in line with the actual exchange, um, the Dex mm-hmm. or whatever, could be uh, a way to keep it in line without adding too much additional cost. Um, I think the uh, the impact of spending a little extra mana to buy or trade uh, Emporia is probably negligible uh, because it is a, a fee system. You're not actually spending your ETH or whatever. It's the mana, it's gonna recharge, um, but time will tell. We'll have to figure out uh, <laughs> how much people are willing to pay in mana for accessing a stable coin versus, um, versus not. And you can always have a, a treasury of coin backing, uh, the stable coin that helps to cover that, that mana cost as well. So different things we can do. Cool. Well, I would love to keep digging into this topic. I think, uh, we'll have to keep <laughs> iterating on this on discord and telegram. Um, and narrowing down on on the right solution here so we'll probably end up having you back in a few weeks or months to to talk more about uh updates on the, the economics of coinos and uh the stable coin progress and what we're thinking for mana bonds and adoption and all that so cool well that is all the time we have so thank you very much joe this was a great conversation i really appreciate your time thanks a lot. yeah absolutely all right, we'll join me next week for the Coin Press podcast. We'll see you then. Bye for now.